You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Smile, everybody. It's going to be all right, I promise. Everybody braved the, the highways and the byways and got here safely. So God is good. Amen? Amen. I'm, gl- I'm grateful to be here tonight. Um, it is strange not seeing our leader here, uh, the Daniel of this house, but... Uh, I can assure you that uh, before we open up with this message, we are going to pray for him, amen, because uh, he is uh, the shepherd, the, the under-shepherd the under of, this, of, of this house, and, and so we are his flock, and so we want to gird him up in prayer, um, and I'm, you know, I'm certain that he's going to be fine, amen, uh, but we want to make sure that we're praying for him. Uh, I just want to give first honor to God, who is the author and finisher of my faith. Uh, without God, there is, there, there is nothing in my life that matters. Um, and so everything, all that I am or all that I could be is because of God. Anybody understand what I'm talking about tonight, y'all? Yeah, amen. Uh, so I just, you know, I just want to give God some praise for God and, and what he's doing in the life uh, of myself and the life of my family. I want to give honor to our pastors in, in their absence. And Pastor Maria's in the back uh, with the kids uh, serving tonight. So we just want to pray for her. She's got the youngins. Uh, amen. She's got my youngin back there, my little chipmunk. Uh, pray, pray for me. She's got, she, already, she already has me wrapped around the finger, you know. She just does like this to me, and I'm just like, anything you want. You want me to go co-sign a car? You want me to, whatever you want me to do, I'll go do, amen. And she's only like 10 months, but I'll still go do it, amen. But, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just so grateful uh, for, uh, for her. And uh, my, just pray for my wife. Uh, she's at work right now. It, as well, amen. And all of you, how y'all doing? Good? Yeah, all right, amen, amen. And so I, I promise you, uh, I'm not going to preach long tonight, uh, but uh, I do believe that God has a word. And, um, you know, how many of us understand that sometimes we uh, can be in a, in a place where uh, God is stretching us and, and really uh, trying to get the best out of us, and sometimes that's not comfortable? Amen. Have, has anybody ever been in that place? Yeah, I mean, I'm in that place right now, and so um, God is challenging me in some areas, and, and I can assure you that the enemy is, is working on me, trying to do, do his best to try to, to get, get a rise out of me. I think like I was coming into the, the little parking lot here, and somebody almost T-boned, T-boned my car, and I've got my daughter in the back, and I'm like, Lord, you're going to have to, you have to fix me right now, <laughs> you know, uh, and what's bad, what made it worse is that they parked like seven or eight spaces down, so when I got out, I was kind of looking at them like, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, with them crazy eyes, like, but you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to stay safe, y'all, so just, just pray for me, <laughs> I really am, you know, um, but this is, this is an interesting time uh, in my life, but usually, when I'm going through these, time, these types of things, um, usually uh, God will get the glory. And so that's, in, in fact, all the time God will get the glory. Amen? Amen. And so um, I just want to challenge us tonight on something because uh, we have been uh, 
talking about the voice. Uh, the voice is something that, um, that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but how many understand that we are called to be the voice uh, against things that are not right in this world? Um, it does not necessarily mean that we have on a cape, amen. It doesn't mean that we are Batman and we put on a helmet or, or we are Wonder Woman and we have the lasso of truth, uh, but we do have truth in the word of God, amen. And so what we want to do is, is that uh, we want to be the voice uh, to people and, and, to, and, and to people out there who may not know what truth is. And so um, I want to challenge us, and then I'm going to challenge myself in that tonight, um, because I believe we are all to, called to be the voice of truth uh, by God's word. Let me just be clear, by God's word uh, at all times. And there's not a time that we are not called to do that. And so... Um, I want to talk a little bit about that tonight, and I believe God has a word. The scripture tonight is going to come out of Jeremiah 22, verses 3 through 5. That's Jeremiah 22, verses 3 through 5. If you know anything about Jeremiah, he was a prophet. He was called the weeping prophet, amen, uh, because he wept for Judah, amen. Um, but uh, he had a very powerful ministry. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. That's Jeremiah 22, Verses 3 through 5. When you get that, just say amen. Amen. And it reads as such. This is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in this place. Uh, for if you are careful to carry out these commands, then kings who send David's throne will come through the gates of this palace, riding in chariots and horses, accompanied by their officials and their people. Uh, but if you do not obey these commands, declares the Lord, I swear by myself that this palace will become a ruin. Come on, church, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for being here as a collective body of believers. Lord, we ask that you would come in here like never before, that lives will be changed according to your word. Lord, right now, we ask that you would just begin to trouble the atmosphere uh, where those that are just distracted, Lord, I ask that you would draw them in, not by my words, but because of the words that you want to speak. Remember those that are not here. Remember our pastor. Lord God, we pronounce a blood covering over him right now. In the name of Jesus, every sickness that is trying to infiltrate his body, Lord, right now we ask and pray, Lord, that you would touch him, that he would be whole again. In the name of Jesus, remember those that are not here, that, that are sick and shut in. Remember those that are backslidden. Lord, you are married to the backslide. Let them come back to their first love, which is you. We love you. We honor you. You are kind. You are just. You are righteous, God. We thank you and we bless your name. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God some praise, church. Hallelujah. Listen, I just got one thing to say to y'all tonight. When you see something, say something. When you see something, you ought to say something. Just get that for a second. When you see something, you ought to say something. You know, you know Praise Chapel, uh, nowadays, if, and, and just go with me for a minute, uh, when we hear the phrase, when you see something, say something, it is often attached to the worst kind of scenario. Uh, and usually, amen, this slogan 
uh, is often used after something terrible has happened. Uh, we saw it in October uh, at the Mandalay Bay, and oftentimes we'll hear it during terrorist plots, and, and you'll have government officials that'll get on TV, and they'll say, when you see something, say something. Amen. Uh, we often hear lawmakers and police officers and teachers and, and all different types of important stakeholders uh, saying this for it very powerful phrase uh, because the truth is uh, it, these things continue to go on in our society. Uh, to see something is the realization that something bad or even catastrophic uh, is on the horizon. Uh, but to see that very thing, watch this, and to say nothing could land you in trouble. Uh, have you ever been on a job and you witnessed something that wasn't necessarily good uh, and not only was the person that did the very act in trouble, but because that person didn't say anything, they were equally responsible. Come on, somebody. And in meditating on this, watch this, I can't help uh, but think about those spiritual things that we see every day and yet we remain quiet. Uh, it seems it has become taboo uh, to speak the truth when, to those who are walking in darkness. Uh, to speak out against injustice is to ruffle the feathers of the masses. It seems like folks don't necessarily want to hear the truth anymore. Uh, but tonight, watch this, I want to ruffle some feathers tonight. Can I do that of my own? Because if we are going to hold up the banner of Jesus Christ and be the voice, uh, we are going to have to speak out against injustice. Yeah, see, uh, I'm not necessarily just talking about street preaching. Now, that's very important, uh, but it's more than that. To carry the message of our Christian values, you know, those values that we talk about, uh, to the people of God is often defying those who are a threat to those very values. Yeah, see, and it is my opinion that one of the greatest threats to our fight is silence. Those that don't say anything are just as responsible for those who actually try to do the chaos. Uh, and I say this because of how blatant the enemy now operates in our schools, our governments, in our structures, and in our systems. Have you seen it? Yeah, see, uh, these are some questions that I really want to ask everybody tonight. Just go with it for a minute. How can we call ourselves Christians and not speak out on the epidemic of police brutality in America where young black and Latino men have been targeted? Come on. How can we say we are rightly divided by truth and we don't rebuke and correct the immorality of racism. It's quiet. Yeah, see, how can we say that we as a group of believers have love in our hearts, and yet the most segregated place in America, even today, is the church on Sunday? How can we say that we are called to hold each other and our leaders accountable? Uh, I'm going to get in trouble right here. And yet the leader of the free world has been exposed for sexual sin and adultery. Yeah, see? Okay, how can we say that the word is alive in our lives, uh, but we can't discern what is going on to our neighbors next to us? Yeah, how can pastors get on Facebook and post memes criticizing high school students in Florida for wanting gun control, uh, but if it was their son or daughter, they would want justice? Okay, yeah, see, how can we say we are stewards of God's historic word, and yet we tell our children to ignore the atrocities of our history? Yeah, see, how can church leadership discourage young people from actively pursuing college education and getting trades and yet in the same breath talk about how God has been removed from schools and places of business? Oh, man. Yeah, see, 
I'm a little confused tonight. I'm a little bit perplexed uh, at how we as Christians are called to hold a standard, and yet we have not figured out that holding a standard means to stand fast even when it is unpopular. But the problem is, is that more time than not, people want to be popular more than they want to tell the truth. Oh, it's quiet tonight. Church, if you see something, you ought to say something. If you see something, you ought to say something. You see, the prophet Jeremiah, I want you to get this. The prophet Jeremiah uh, knew all too well about being unpopular. See, what you have to understand that for over 40 years, he served as God's spokesman to Judah, but rarely did people listen to him, Josh. It was like people walked around him with their, with, with their hands in their ears, their fingers in their ears. That's how he was received. Jeremiah was poor and alone. The Bible says he was destitute. That meant he had nothing. He was in prison and in exile all because he spoke truth to power. You know what prophetic ministry is? Speaking truth to power. That's what prophetic ministry is. Uh, he wept for the people. That's why they call him the weeping prophet. He wept for the people, but his tears were often in vain. Just like some of our tears are often in vain for this generation. Uh, his prophecies were about Judah's coming judgment. God's hand would be against the people, and yet and still, even though they knew this and even though they heard it from him, they still gave themselves over to a reprobated mindset. It's as if they didn't care. Don't we see that every day in our society, church? We see it every day. You see, and here he is still speaking out against the injustice of leadership. He's talking to the king of Judah. God spoke through his prophet to tell the king of Judah to rebuild his kingdom under the banner of righteousness and not wickedness. That's what he's trying to tell him. And just like Jeremiah, I want you to get this, church. The first thing that we must do is speak out against the wicked. We have to speak out against the wicked. We're in those times now. It's time out for just sitting here with our hands in our pockets and not saying anything, being lukewarm Christians. You see, now what I'm speaking of is from a more spiritual perspective here. Uh, how many agree that there are principalities in the earth, that there are things that we cannot see that go on? We see these things all the time, right? Uh, Jeremiah is speaking out against the rulers, the authorities, and against powers of this dark world. He's talking about the, the, those people in high places. You know, more time than not, the higher up you get in the power structure within our government and other places, the more stuff you see, and some of that ain't always good. Yeah, see, that's what the, that's what the text is talking about. Uh, see, what we have to understand is that, and I, I need to break this to you tonight, church, uh, everyone within higher places, within our government, that there are people that are, that, that are walking in evil. Uh, within our military, there is some evil. Within colleges and universities, there is evil. Even within churches, there is evil. Yeah, see, and as believers, watch this, we have been given a mandate to God, by God, to speak out against evil. Which means we are mandated, we are obligated to speak out against evil. Let me tell you something, and this is the truth. One of the greatest Assets to injustice is not saying anything at all. Now, I want to tell you something. Recently, Billy Graham died. He's one of the greatest preachers that we have ever known, controversy. But in his memoirs, he talked about his one regret. He talked about during the, that time during the 1960s 
uh, when he was going through the rural South and he was witnessing all of the atrocities that were going on during the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, when Jim Crow was going on and, and, and black people were trying to vote and, and all of that and, and people were being lynched, uh, he didn't necessarily speak out about those injustices. It didn't mean that he, dis he disliked black people or that he didn't have a love for people. It just meant that he did not address it. He was not walking hand in hand with Martin Luther King in Selma, Alabama. He was not doing those things. Uh, but later on in life, he began to talk about how he wished he would have spoke out against the immorality of racism. Let me tell you something, and I want you to really understand this, church. The greatest men, some of the greatest men and women of God, even they have an uphill battle to climb when it comes to speaking with the assured consequences that will come when you speak truth to power. <laughs> Billy Graham was not above it. Nobody is above it. Jeremiah wasn't above it. No one is. Doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that they miss what God was trying to do through them. It just means that we all have something that we're struggling with. <laughs> but a way to fight the good fight, there's good news and there's a way to do this, is to obey. You have to obey, church. Church, my second thing tonight is that we must walk in obedience when speaking truth to power. You know, let, let me say this. I can't, wonder, I, I can't help but wonder uh, how Jeremiah must have felt after spending 40 years in a land that wouldn't obey God's word. That's like being in the nursery back there and everything you try to tell the kids, they, you like, sit down, they just look at you like, <laughs> right? And all of them doing it, right? But, you, but you're not back there for two hours, you're back there for 40 years, which means you got some 40-year-olds sitting back there like, <laughs> right? <laughs> and don't you know that, that's how, isn't that how society is? We have people that have grown up in a system where they no longer hear from God. And now they've become old fools instead of young fools. Whoo, God. But let me tell you something, and, and, this, is, and this is the truth. You know, uh, the only one in this text that was walking in obedience is the prophet Jeremiah himself. But let me tell you something. In the midst of walking in obedience, he was alone, he was stripped from any type of companionship, and he ended up imprisoned, and he suffered because of it. You see, Jeremiah wasn't prophesying about houses and cars. It's quiet. He wasn't prophesying about that. He wasn't selling holy water. I'm talking about he had miracle spring water that he didn't got out of the tap. No, he wasn't doing that. Now, see, when you, when you start preaching real truth to power, your life is in danger. Come on, ask some people that you know that go into, ask, ask uh, Pastor Bobby and them about what it's like to go into those regions that really don't know nothing about church. Ask them. You don't think they haven't faced death threats? That's speaking truth to power. Just because you're on TV don't mean you're speaking truth to power. Okay. You see, <laughs> Jeremiah was calling out what was wrong in the kingdom, just like we ought to be doing. We ought to be calling out what's wrong in the kingdom. Uh, you see, he wasn't worried about offending the elite because he had a job to do. Church, don't you know we have a job to do? As disciples of Christ, we have a job to do. Don't you know we are going to be held accountable for that which we know? 
There's somebody out there right now that God has assigned to you that they need to hear your testimony. And if you don't give your testimony, don't you know you'll give account of that in the next life? God will ask you, don't you know you could have saved their life, but because they were under so much stress and duress and depression, they walked out in the street and killed themselves? See, we think all that is a fairy tale. Oh, no, no. No, no, let me help you for a second. God still speaks to people to save other people's lives. That is a fact. Many of us that are sitting in here today can attest that somebody was praying for us and that somebody, somebody spoke something into our spirit that changed our lives forever. That's true to power. Come on, give God some praise. Listen. Yeah, see, the problem in our society today is that so many so-called prophets have become soothsayers instead of truth keepers. You know what a soothsayer is? Let me tell you what a soothsayer is. A soothsayer is somebody that, that, that basically tells you what you, you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. That's a soothsayer. Yeah. And, and the ears of the masses have, start, the masses have started to itch. And false prophets, you know what they're doing? They're scratching them now. Nobody wants to hear the truth anymore. Yeah, see, and that's a problem. But let me tell you something, and this is something that I really want you to get tonight. There is a fine line, and for those of you that have been in God for a while, you'll understand what I'm saying. There is a fine line between the prophetic and witchcraft. There is a fine line between the prophetic ministry and witchcraft. There are people that try to use prophetic ministry for their own personal gain, to manipulate people for money. That is not of God. That is witchcraft. But when you are able to stand in the midst of trouble and say, for God I live and for God I die, and I don't care who leaves me, can I tell you something? You are under the banner of God's will. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah. Listen, church, we as Christians are going to be held accountable, like I said just a few minutes ago, for what we say, and watch this, what we don't say in the next life. What we don't say to people could affect someone, and we may be held accountable for that. We have a moral obligation to build up the kingdom of God by speaking truth to power through broken systems, leaders, governments, schools, and even spiritual leaders and spiritual realms. Otherwise, can I tell you something? We are part of the problem. We are not a part of the solution. We are part of the problem. We are not part of the solution. Listen to this. The text says in Jeremiah 22, 3 and 5, this is what the Lord says. Somebody say the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, the fatherless or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. Church, let me tell you something. Doing what is right is more than just saying I believe in God and that I go to church. Doing what is right may often cost you something. You know, I, my mother used to say to me all the time when, when I would help somebody and it wouldn't turn out the way that I wanted to, baby, helping is costly. That's what she would say. She still says it to this day. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear all that. I don't say that to her, you know, because <laughs> even at 42, I know better. But, you know, but she's right in that. It means walking in obedience and sometimes walking in obedience means, amen, 
that we are going to have to use our voices in uncomfortable circumstances. Have you ever had to tell somebody something and you knew they were going to react badly? Woo! Woo! Let me tell you something. I just, just the other day, I was at work and I had my door open. And, um, and I work at a high school, and a teacher was getting coached by another teacher. And the teacher was like, you know, I noticed that, that you're not able to manage your classroom very well. Oh, yeah, she said that. Lady said, I don't want to hear that bleep, bleep, and walked out, right? And, you know, I'm, you know I'm, just pray for me. I, I kind of giggled a little bit. I did. You know, but the, it, it, I did. I, I'm, you know, listen, I'm still saved. But, like, it, you know, like sometimes when those, when those type of cringeworthy things happen, sometimes I get a little, you know, giggly. I don't know what that is. Pray for me. But <laughs> you ever just been uncomfortable and all you can do is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, that, that's how I was because I'm like, I'm not supposed to really be hearing this. But I got a little uncomfortable, you know. But the truth is, is that she ain't managing her class well. That's the truth. Every time I go in, the kids is in there doing the Humpty Dance like this. They ain't sat down all year. You know, it's the truth. But she didn't want to hear the truth. But the lady tried to have the uncomfortable conversation. She had to speak truth, even, even though she knew that the lady wasn't going to receive it. We have to speak truth to people that don't even want to receive it. Come on, somebody. When we see street preachers out there, and you can see them all down at Fremont Street and everything else, don't you know the things that people say to them? People actively try to antagonize them, amen? But praise be to God to those that say, I don't care what you do or what you say. I'm going to stand on God's word. I'm going to continue to do what God says because I understand that if I don't do it, somebody's life may be adversely affected. Whew, God. Listen. And praise be to God to those that will stand fast. Is, everybody in, is there anybody in there that knows that they'll just stand fast regardless of what happens? Yeah, see? Don't raise your hand if you don't mean it, because God is watching. <laughs> I might want to put my hand down, amen? <laughs> Woo. You know, we may even lose some folks that we're connected to along the way, uh, but I would rather be unpopular here than bust hell wide open. See that, you know, and, and I've said this before when I've preached here, you preached in here before. The problem is don't nobody think that hell exists no more. Because Hollywood has got, like, made this, like, thing, like, like there's these clouds and, like, and, and there's these uh, smoothies and gelato shops up in heaven and all that. No, that's how they made it, right? There's, there's a show on, on that you can stream on uh, Hulu. It's called The Good Place. I watched that. I'm like, for real, that's what heaven's going to be like? Yeah, I was tripping. You know, but, but here's the thing. The reality is, is that, yes, there is a heaven. But I can tell you for sure, there is a hell. And there's some folks there. And can I tell you something? There's some folks that sat in church their whole life. That's there. Okay. All right. Let me move on. I'm gonna, listen, I'm going to need some help getting out of here tonight. <laughs> let, me, let me hurry up and get Effie and run out of here. Church, this is my final thing, and I'm going to my seat. We have to believe that God's judgment is real. It's, re it's real. It's coming. You know? The text says in verse 5 that if you do not obey these commands, declares the Lord, I swear. Somebody say, I swear. I swear by myself that this palace will become a ruin. God is actively saying, if you don't do what I tell you to do and change, I'm going to wipe everything out. That's what God is saying right here. Yeah, see, 
God himself let it be known in this moment through his prophet Jeremiah that if they didn't change, they would surely be destroyed. Uh, you know, see, I'm going to give you an example. You know, I grew up in the hood in Columbus, Ohio, and, and during the 1980s, you know, I was a young, young fellow, but the crack cocaine epidemic swept through, the, swept through communities uh, like wildfire during the 1980s. How many remember that? I mean, if you were born, if, if you were born in the 70s and, and kind of grew up in the 80s and 90s, then you remember that. But I remember like it was yesterday that crack cocaine swept through, the, the, through communities like wildfire. They did in Oakland. They did in L.A. They did. Some of, some of us have, have, been, have had family members that have dealt with us. Some of us have dealt crack. You know, we're not going to get into that. You know, but, but it's the truth. Some of us have, have somehow been touched by the, the epidemic that took place in the 80s. And it's still taking place today. Now watch this. Probably about 14 years after the epidemic, there was a man that went on a talk show. And he began to talk about how crack cocaine was actively like, put in certain communities to get them addicted, to criminalize those communities. That's what happened. Don't you know he was killed shortly after that? He, was, he spoke truth to power. Let me tell you something. When you start speaking truth to power, and we are coming in a time right now where if, you don't, when, if, you, if you're not sure about who you're serving, you're going to lose your life. It's the truth. Listen, church, we have to take, we have to, we have to speak out against injustice and walk in obedience. Otherwise, our communities, our churches, and our nations will be destroyed. That's what's going to happen. God's hand is going to be against us if we don't do what we're called to do, which is speak truth to power. If you're a leader in here tonight, and I want us to talk to leadership for a second, and God speaks to you, it is vital that we as leaders speak truth in season and out of season. God requires us to do so. If you are someone who disciples men and women outside of this church, it is imperative that you have uncomfortable conversations Otherwise, you know what you're doing? You're nothing more than a sounding symbol. That's all you are. I want to invite everyone in here to speak out against injustice. I'm going to my seat. Not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. You have to speak to those spiritual realms, those high places. You got to speak to those things. Church, I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you love him? Do you love him like you say you do? <laughs> okay. If you love them, then you have to use your voice. Come on, somebody say the voice. You have to use your voice to speak out against injustice. You have to do it. Show them you love them by obeying them. Use your voice so that others can avoid destruction. Can I tell you something? Obedience is greater than sacrifice. That's what the text says. Nobody said this was going to be easy, but there are people that come inside this church, some that will never step inside this church, that need our testimonies, need our voices. We're not able to speak to them, and if we walk by them, don't say what God has done for us, then we do not know.